0: You're listening to the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Movie Podcast Network. What is up everyone? This is Andy, the resident fat dude of Fat Dude Digs Flicks coming to you Recorded from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and it is time for an all new episode of Let's Talk About. Uh, Let's Talk About is an interview show where I am joined by a guest. We chat about their life, their loves, and a movie that has had an impact on them. If this is your first time listening to Let's Talk About, hello how's it going? Uh thank you so much for joining us. I'm I'm hoping that this first day isn't your last one. Um this is another kind of mini series uh this month. Uh I I I don't know exactly what in life um I did to deserve this. Uh but I am I'm lucky enough to kind of help curate Uh, Some of the selections of films playing at the Sioux Falls State Theater uh, this month. Um, Each Wednesday evening and Sunday matinee performance throughout the month of January are movies that I have selected. Um, And this is going to be the first of four episodes between Let's Talk About and the Criterion Break where we kind of dive into uh, the movies that have been selected. And this first one is The Iron Giant. Um, I'm, I'm joined this week, uh, by Seth Vargas. Uh, Seth is the host of the upcoming movie friends podcast and man, what a, what a cool guy. I really enjoy like when I don't know the person and this is kind of our, our, our first conversation is like documented. Um, and so we just kind of see where it goes and man, I had a great time chatting with Seth. Um, and then we talk about the iron giant and this movie to me Just, like, this movie means the world to me. Um, I I absolutely adore The Iron Giant. I remember the first time that I saw it, uh, I had rented it when I worked at Blockbuster. I took it home, uh, watched it with my family, really enjoyed it, and then when I got back to uh, my apartment, I was living with my friends from college, including including, uh, previous guest, uh, Brad Reddick. Um, We had... I think I think it was just Brad, who joined me, and I was like, "Hey, I've got this movie. Do you want to sit and watch it with me?" And he was like, "Yeah." And we sat down on the couch in the living room, you know, four uh, college guys uh, sitting there watching The Iron Giant, and uh, I'm pretty sure we, we some some tears were were uh, let out at that time. I know since then, I probably cry every single time I watch this movie. So. This is my first selection in the movies you should see series. Um, I think these days there's not really a lot of argument with that. I think, I think a lot of people uh, have picked up the Iron Giant, have fallen in love with the Iron Giant. I think it helps that like the giant has become a pretty big symbol in pop culture, like that the Iron Giant is in Ready Player One. Uh, the giant, I think, has appeared in some video games. So I think now, like, this has become uh, an iconic character from a well-beloved movie. And it's funny, because in 1999, when this movie was released, uh, it was not that. it was. It's not that people disliked it, it's just that nobody saw it. Uh, and it kind of took the home video market to bring it to people's attention. So... That's where my journey started, and that journey has been, like, ongoing now for the last 23 years. Uh, So I I would recommend, if you haven't seen The Iron Giant, uh, stop this, watch that, come back and listen to what we have to say. Um, it's, It's a movie that gets my highest recommendation. If you were able to go to the state to see The Iron Giant, I hope you had a great time. Uh, I feel bad that I wasn't able to attend this screening. But man, South Dakota weather sucked. (laughs) And this is like, I think this is still just month one of winter. So, yay. Um, But yeah, watch the movie. Come back, listen to this. If you're ready to sit down, listen to this podcast. Go ahead and grab yourself a soft drink. I always screw up one of these words. Grab yourself a soft drink. Pop yourself some popcorn, sit back, relax, and let's talk about the Iron Giant. All right, everyone. As as always, I am thrilled uh, to announce this week's guest on the show. Uh, It's always fun for me. When I have a guest that like I I don't know like I it's it's a stranger to me uh, you know somebody that that we we mutually follow each other on Twitter uh but kind of outside of that like I don't I don't know this guy uh but I am super excited to be able to finally uh get to put a, a voice and a personality with the name joining me today uh one of the hosts of the Movie Friends podcast Seth Vargas Seth how you doing. Hey, how are I'm, you, man? I'm doing really well. This is fun. I, I can't remember like the specifics of when we started following each other, but I feel like it's within uh, 2022 is when it all kind of started happening.
1: Yes, definitely. I, I really wasn't active on Twitter um, sure. with strangers prior to like uh, sometime in 2022. Yeah. I mostly just used it. Uh, as a way of writing jokes (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was like a good place to to write a joke um for like stand-up and put it out there it limits you in its characters so you have to make the joke nice and tight and then I wouldn't forget about it
0: and that's Primarily, how I use her for like eleven years. <laughs> I feel like that's probably best. Like with Twitter, is just like get in, get out. Don't don't yeah. don't, don't make it a home. Just yeah. like make it a make it a hotel room. <laughs> right, right.
1: But yeah, so then I started connecting with different people, and I was like, you know, this is actually a lot of fun. And uh, like you had mentioned, the podcast—that's kind of the idea behind the whole thing—is I just I don't have. 300 people in my personal life that i can talk to about every movie that i see but on twitter you can you can yeah. do that so i i really like it for that
0: it's funny because it, it really is like both one of the biggest strengths of twitter and one of the biggest detriments of twitter is that everybody out there like wants to talk about movies and has their opinions and some people you can talk about their opinions and it's like oh great this is a nice civil conversation i love right. this right. and then there's that like i don't know maybe bottom two percent three percent where it's like having a conversation is like you have to put on your like bulletproof vest like yeah, your, your, yeah. Your, like knight's helmet all of that stuff and go to war and it's just it's rough so it's always nice uh to find like enjoyable people (laughs) who are simple to have a conversation with about movies. And Seth, I think you're definitely uh, one of those guys. I really enjoyed. Uh,
1: I appreciate it. That's my goal. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I've, I've really enjoyed getting to follow you. But like I said, like I, I don't know you beyond those 240 characters per tweet. Sure. So I'm going to start off with the question, Seth, That I ask everybody uh, yes. when it's their first time on the show. And that is Seth, who are you? Where did you come from? What is your origin story? My
1: origin story. So,
0: <laughs> all right. So I was born,
1: uh, I was born on Long Island in New York and, um, and my parents were pastors of a church there, very, very small church. If you're thinking of the righteous gemstones, just think of the opposite of that. <laughs>
0: think of <laughs> and, a church that they take over.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. The poor, unsuspecting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm the sixth child out of eight kids total. Wow. Um, Yes, my parents had six boys all in a row each time they were trying for a girl. I was the last boy before they had their first daughter, so I like to say that I'm the last in a long line of disappointments for my parents <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they had two daughters after that and we uh whenever I tell people this story, they immediately get all of these uh, you know very religious conservative uh backwards culty kind of images in their head but we were also homeschooled oh sure um <laughs> and so we just kind of you know we had plenty of friends um we had a lot more freedom because of being homeschooled than yeah. a lot of other kids yeah. um so we were always outside playing we had plenty of friends we did plenty of things Um, But it was very much our own little world. And luckily, being the youngest with six older brothers, I was exposed to so much media that I would not have been, you know, had it not been for them at a very young age. So I was six, like five, six, seven, listening to, you know, the Offspring and Green Day and 15 and Crim Shrine and the specials and tons of punk music and also watching movies and, you know, coming from a really big poor family. um, We didn't go to Disney world every year. (laughs) Yeah, We didn't, you know, we didn't do a lot of those things, but what we did do was movies. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we were just watching movies constantly. Every birthday you were going to get a movie as a present for Easter. There was going to be movies in the basket. and yeah, I mean that's pretty much my childhood.
0: Where? Uh, so, what was your like? So, you were homeschooled throughout. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing certainly elementary school. Did that progress through like middle school, high school, yeah, and stuff all the like way, that? all the and way. And then, did you like higher education? Did you did you go to college? Was that something that was on your 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 path? Was going to a university or something like that? Um,
1: no, not really. My parents never, um, and it was weird living on Long Island. There's so much money, so much excess. Um, you know, everyone is a doctor or a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Um, and my parents were not from there. They're from other parts of the country. And so we never really fit in with any type of, you know, uh, go getter goals, money. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, so they never, never were like, Oh, you should go to college. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They just kind of let us do our own thing. So I actually did end up going, I went to a seminary actually for a couple of years um, and I finished a course there. It's where I met my wife there. And um, yeah, but no, I, I've always said, I don't really love anything enough to go to college and do it for the rest of my life. Yeah, (laughs) Um, Like I currently, I own a restaurant. Um, and I've done a couple other things before. I, I really like, I really like doing things. I like trying new things. And then I kind of finish that up and I'm like, all right, what's next? And so to spend a lot of money to be trained in one thing just for me five years later to say, eh, I don't really yeah. want to be a podiatrist anymore.
0: Yeah. I don't really think it's in the cards for me. <laughs> I think I think I'm done with feet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. For yeah. sure. And it's it is funny because it is kind of like that. Like, you know, when you're, you start college when you're young, for the most part, I mean, there are people who go on in life and later on, they're like, I want to go to college. I want to specialize. But, you know, when you're young and you pick that degree path, like, how do you know what you want to be doing 20 years later? I know. Uh, as we yeah. as we i kind of alluded to in one of our uh, instant messages uh i went to school for theater i loved it i loved it had yeah. a great time with theater and now of course i am working a job that has absolutely nothing <laughs> to do with theater and it's not because i don't love theater it's just because like honestly that's uh, not going to pay the bills for, sure, for where i live uh, right. so so i've got to do something where i can still kind of find something that will wake me up each day that I'll be excited to to go to and make money. Uh, And sadly, theater is not that. So you just kind of, you kind of put that that piece of paper up on the shelf and then go do, you know, go do something that you can do. How did I, I, I'm going to go back and forth here through time with your, with your story, but I'm really interested about now about this, this owning a restaurant. So was it, was it because you were super passionate about food? Was it like, (laughs) did you start off as a server? Like, how did you get to, the owning of the restaurant and how does like how does that work was covid especially oh like, my god well yeah. a huge obstacle so um
1: you might find i have very long winded answers so when I you it. say you're going to go back and forth between in time yeah. i understand that because usually my answers cover <laughs> a long <laughs> period of time um but anyway
0: Long-winded, long-winded usually equals my favorite shows. Seth, so? <laughs> well, you you
1: get to talk less, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we, um, my wife and I, we were living on Long Island. She finished up her computer programming degree because, unlike me, my wife um, cares about her life and yeah. wants, you know, uh, retirement and four hundred one k. Yeah. So um, I actually owned a company back there with my sister and. We kind of worked her way through finishing her her degree, and when she finished, we decided to move upstate um, because it's a lot cheaper than Long Island, and it's where her parents are. Um, we have a couple of kids, and so we kind of wanted to stay near family. And when we moved up here, I kind of was looking around for different jobs that were, um, let's—I don't want to say they. They matched my experience, sure. uh, my manage, management experience, things like that. And I just didn't feel right about any of them. Like each one, I, I had two job offers. And I was like, this really sucks. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a little restaurant down the street, a pizzeria. And I kept seeing that they had, uh, they were hiring line cooks. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I used to do, I used to manage a commercial kitchen for four years. I did a lot of wedding catering a line cook would be far below my experience, but I thought, well, maybe it'd be better for one of us to just kind of have a part-time job because my wife has, you know, the full-time career job. And so, you know, with the kids, it's, it's, it's easier sometimes if someone has not such a concrete schedule and anyone listening has worked in restaurants, you know, that it is not a concrete schedule. (laughs) That's odd hours. (laughs) Yeah. So I just kind of went for it. Um, and was totally blown away by how much business the place did. Like we were in a very small town. Um, and then really, I, I just really enjoyed, you know, uh, I, I always really enjoy any type of job that isn't so straightforward. I've done a lot of office managing. I've done a lot of different stuff and those jobs, they just, I like them, but they suck my soul.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. And
1: so just being on my feet, you know, working with an interesting cast of characters, different stuff. I, I really liked it. And then I found out the restaurant was for sale and busted my butt for a couple of years, working 78 hours a week, every week, saved my money and bought it. Nice. And yeah, I, I thought it was nice. We thought it was great. So January 1st of mm-hmm. 2020, I became the owner of a restaurant. <laughs> we also decided, hey, you know, since I've been working for a couple of years, hey, maybe this will be the year that we have another kid. Um, so my wife got pregnant in the beginning of, of 2020. And, and at first, you know, the first couple months, it was great. Uh, the restaurant was making money we were making improvements everything was working out and then we started hearing about you know this virus that was overseas we're like wow that's weird and then as you know uh, especially here in new york i don't know what state you're in south dakota okay so new york state uh in america we were the first state to really get Mm -hmm. hit um and you know cuomo was doing like his daily briefings and it was just like every other day, okay, now this business is shut down. Now this whole industry, you know, okay, now there's no more movie theaters. Okay. Yeah. Now there's no more. And it was like watching the whole world, like crumble around us. And yeah. I was like, wow, I just made the dumbest choice that I could have made, oh, no. <laughs> but it all worked out. I mean, yeah. we're, we're very fortunate, you know, tens of thousands of restaurants closed permanently around yeah. the country due to the pandemic. And we, we, we shut down more so because we didn't know what was going on. Like right. it's hard to remember, but this was when people were like Cloroxing their groceries mm-hmm. when they came home and everyone was wearing gloves. And as the person at the top, it became, I, I felt a little uh, immoral asking people to come to work every day. Yeah. Like I was like, Hey, you're going to come here and then you're going to deliver a pizza to Fifty different houses yeah (laughs) and then you're gonna come back into the restaurant and hang out with us and uh it'll be great it'll be super fun so we kind of shut down of our own free will and then a couple months later everybody came back it was great yeah you know it's been hard but it's all right life's hard
0: yeah when when you reopen like because i know here everyone everything kind of went through the same thing you know once there was the Uh, We would see the bigger states, bigger cities shut down. Uh, Businesses would shut down here. Movie theaters were kind of out of commission for a while. It was just like uh, nothing. There was nothing. Uh, But then restaurants would start doing... Uh, take out orders or or yep. you know drive-through would still exist did you guys kind of follow that same process was there a, a carry out only for a while and then back to yep. I mean I'm saying yep. this without really knowing what the layout of your restaurant is anyway sure but... sure sure so it's a it's a
1: pizzeria and so yeah. in the and we are in a smaller town we're only one of two restaurants in our town for like three thousand people mm-hmm. that do delivery yeah. and so We were so fortunate in that we already had that all set up. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, local restaurants were trying to figure out the system. It sounds like it would just be so straightforward. But when you get to, you know, credit cards, tips on credit cards, tips for drivers, and then you have all these orders pouring in because no one can leave, right? So everyone is now ordering. It gets really hairy. So we were very fortunate that we already had all those systems in place. And, you know, New York, at least New York, I don't know about other states, but they had guidance. It wasn't up to us if we wanted to do dine-in. We had to wait until the state said, you may do dine-in. It has to be, you know, the tables have to be six feet apart. There has to be glass partitions. And so we just followed the guidance, you know, in everything that they did. A lot of customers hated that. Mm -hmm. And I would just tell them, look, the Department of Health tells us I need to wash my hands after I use the bathroom you want me to listen to that <laughs> right. i'm not going to stop yeah. i'm not going to start making up my own rules
0: now okay <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's just it, i'm always interested to hear the experiences of people who lived in other states uh because south dakota was we have we have a a kind of a cowboy uh <laughs> woman running our state uh who's just kind of you know willy nilly with the rules oh Uh,
1: at first when you said we have a cowboy
0: woman i was like cool that sounds cool it does sound cool (laughs) like in theory that sounds great like i'm thinking uh uh you know like sharon stone and the quick and the dead that would be awesome we don't have that we we don't have that we have uh yeah uh and it's you know it's it's tough when you're afraid and you want that kind of like leadership to help you through it safely. Um, and yeah, we we kind of missed out on that. But that's like, you know, sure. this, whole, this whole decade has now been centered around that. And it's just such a, a, a weird time in history. I would go scary. And there right. are moments that were scary, but it's just so wild to kind of think that we're living through this and you you know all of these other uh uh, news articles are written about well what are we going to do the next time uh, we have something like this and it's just i feel like there's a part of us that's like we are now facing uh a a decade of fear (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and almost a decade of paranoia so it's it's always nice to kind of hear um, you know what other people went through but also kind of to hear that they they went through it and then we're still able to thrive like come out okay on the other side um because this was so such a devastating uh experience for for a whole nation for the whole
1: world oh yeah for the whole um, yeah I, I think I think you know when I was so I was born in 1988 right yeah so I'm, I'm 10 in 1998 mm-hmm. I'm 12 and in- 2000 2001 september 11th happens
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i'm a very young kid so that is the world that i grew up in right and it was one event that happened that led into a lot of other stuff but we as a nation and even as a, a world which is always so strange to me it's always very touching when I see that like other countries were doing their own mourning or other countries have set up memorials for nine 11, it's very, very interesting. But we, as a country, were able to mourn that period, that, that moment. But with COVID, we haven't really had that because you have some people who say, well, it never happened. Right. Right. (laughs) You have some people who say, well, you can't mourn that way, or you shouldn't think this thing or, and so as a collective group, we haven't, and then going through it, coming on the other side of it, you know, at least in New York, mm-hmm. there were so many people. I mean, every every week my parents were texting me, you know, oh, this person passed away, this person yeah. passed away. Uh, it was really wild for a minute. And it was almost like you can't even catch up with how you feel uh, or <laughs> yeah. you can't remember specific things. And so I definitely think that there's some residual... You know, shock and trauma mm-hmm. that we're definitely still dealing with, and haven't figured out yet what that whole thing meant. But yeah. like you said, I'm just glad that we made it through. Right. Um, some people didn't, and of course, we want to remember that. Yeah. But we were able to make it through, um, and hopefully, we're a little wiser. History mm-hmm. might teach us that we're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, it it certainly felt like okay, wow, is this the end of the world for a little bit?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. And it's it's hard now because I think because everyone is wanting to fast forward through this, that it's hard to look back and remember that for- you know, for a little while there, that was it. Like, is this the end of days? Are are we are we done for? Is this yeah. is this the end of our species? Have we we've had a good run? Uh, it's it's time to to pack it up. Um, That's how I feel. That's how yeah. I feel about
1: everything. I, know, I, right? I always say, like, look, I've done everything I want to do. Yeah. What what am I gonna do? Eat yeah. more food in a different place forever. <laughs> whenever whenever I'm using the bathroom, I'm like, I gotta do this again. <laughs> forever what if i didn't have to what if this all stopped i would i I be
0: okay with that if i could take a
1: pill to never have to pee again yeah i don't care if it's a million (laughs) dollars i I, i'll I'll put everything in my life
0: yeah yeah in debt yeah let me let me rid myself of that minor inconvenience sure sure well i'm gonna jump back to an earlier topic of conversation then and this is you being one of eight children (laughs) um i'm curious like what what the age range is and then also you know one of eight like are you guys are you guys close or was there you know maybe if the age range was so kind of split up are there kind of that gaps where it's like well my oldest sibling and i aren't super close of course i love them because they're my you know my brother but like what's the what's the family dynamics like for for being one of eight kids
1: sure sure yeah um so the age range is pretty close okay Um, they had one kid every two years and then the last couple were like two and a half you know um and it really wasn't a lot of people always assume like, Oh, it's for religious purposes. No, my mom just from the time she was really young, she was just like, I want to have a lot of kids. She yeah. loves kids. Um, you know, it was obviously insane. I think she had kids in diapers for 18 years straight, Wow, which is horrifying <laughs> to
2: me. Yeah.
1: Um, but she just, she loved kids. She, we were always the house growing up that all of our friends came over to you know she never um you know we'd be hanging out until two o'clock in the morning (laughs) watching movies and heating up pizzas and she she loved it she never cared um my older brothers used to host um punk shows with like touring bands from all over the country and we would do them in our basement oh wow there would be you know close to 100 people in one small room and she would be upstairs with a huge pot of like rice and beans making food for everybody. So oh So yeah, so just want to clear up my parents are not super crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't like right. trying to produce their own cult or anything yeah. one child at a time. My mom just always, you know, like I said, she just loved uh she just loved kids. Yeah. So they kept having them. But um yeah, so my oldest brother's 10 years older than I am and he okay. actually Uh, lives in town with me he actually is like co-running the restaurant with me um, and super into movies too well I mean really all of us are yeah Um, and yeah we grew up so because there's four and four it was kind of like the older four and then the younger four Mm -hmm. Um, just because you know when I was a little kid the older four were teenagers so they kind of they kind of did their thing Uh, and then us younger four kind of more did our thing um, but yeah, we're all pretty close. We don't talk all the time, but sure. I, I know some people don't drive with this. But I'm very much of the belief that your best friends are not the people you talk to every day, but yeah. the people that when you talk to them, it's like nothing has changed.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I, I completely agree to that with, with that. I think, uh, I've especially come to find out like as I get older, um you know you don't have to talk to people every day but it's like if there's someone that you share this really like intense bond with for a a certain amount of time and then time passes but you can go back to having a conversation and it's like you're transported right back to that time period that's that's a friendship that matters and um i think i've been been fortunate enough to kind of maintain those bonds like having uh some of my friends from high school on the show because it's like those are oh, still cool. those are still the bonds like they those those bonds still count and still mean Uh, just as much to me as it does to them so right it's 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 a great point because you don't have to constantly be inundated uh, with people's presence uh, for their presence to matter so yeah sure Uh,
1: yeah and as someone who likes to be by himself watching movies I very much appreciate it (laughs) yes yeah I get that (laughs) Uh,
0: I want to I want to kind of start talking about movies because craziness this is a movie podcast even though I, i like to think it's not uh so you you your i guess kind of your introduction to movies kind of came at a young age and you said too that you probably were introduced to a lot of movies because of your older siblings were there movies that you saw at a young age that you know some people might be like oh i don't know if a four-year-old should be watching <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, did you did you have any of those experiences?
1: No, not really, because sure. when you when you pair <laughs> that with growing up in a you know in a Christian home, yeah, yeah, we didn't um we didn't watch a ton of horror. I it's funny I was just talking with someone on Twitter about how I saw Old Yeller when I was probably like. Six, sure. you know, super yeah. super. And he was like, Oh my gosh, that's horrible. I was like, Yeah, that actually, yeah, I guess it yeah. kind of was. <laughs> yeah. Um no, we my mom, my mom, uh she definitely felt it was important to show us things that maybe were beyond our years mm-hmm. if she felt it was an important movie. Um, so I remember watching um, Life is Beautiful. You know, whenever that came out, I don't know how yeah. old I was, but I definitely watched that when that came out. I remember watching Patch Adams when that came out. Um, I I watched there's a there's a one woman play that was turned into a feature length called God Said Ha. Yeah, with uh, yep. Julia Sweeney. Yep. Yeah. And I remember watching that with one of my older brothers when I was probably like five. Sure. And just being so glued to her performance. You know, it's it's funny. It's yeah. tragic. It's, it's kind of like everything. Um, but no, I mean, we were big into, uh, obviously, every Disney movie that came out, you yeah. know, every Disney cartoon. Um, really big into, like, Goonies, mm-hmm. um, Indiana Jones, Star Wars. Obviously, like, Star Wars was everything yeah yeah (laughs) we were not a star trek house i don't know why um (laughs) i remember being a kid and seeing you know next generation was big on tv but we never really dived into it really big into um the twilight zone oh sure like huge into the twilight zone um which i know is not a movie but i think has had This might sound crazy i think that the twilight zone is one of maybe the top three most inspirational in terms of inspiring like the whole generation of storytelling oh yeah um it's just hugely influential but uh yeah and then once i became you know around that time of like 2000 early 2000s i'm like 10 to 13 then we started getting into things like the matrix Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and then probably once I was like 13, 14, I was just watching, you know, anything and everything.
0: Yeah. And um, yeah. Everybody kind of has like their, their foundational movies, like those movies that it's like, you know uh, this brick is what kind of set me on the, the, I desire to watch movies. Like I want to keep watching movies and then your taste kind of stays in that bubble for a while Sure. Until you see like something else that really like you know pushes you towards I don't know maybe indies foreign films things like that do you have like do, oh, you, have oh, yeah. mo- <laughs> do you have a movie that kind of yeah what what are, what are the foundational movies for you like what really pushed you into like beyond just being a guy who watches movies into the I fucking love movies like where sure. where 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 what were the movies that did that for you so
1: it's very it's very strange I've thought about it a lot I have. Four answers yeah three of them are in the same vein the fourth one is not okay um i always say if you want to understand me as a person Mm -hmm. if 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 you want a quick six hour tour (laughs) (laughs) so as a kid uh uhf with weird yeah was massive Mm -hmm. massive um obviously there were other comedies you know there was like honey i blew up the kids or showed right. the kids and uh other rick moranis fun little jaunts and like tim allen was doing a bunch of crap <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like those were fine but right like uhf that locked me into that wavelength mm. as a kid likewise with that would be Pee Wee's big adventure yes. um I think that Pee Wee's Big Adventure is unfortunately still Tim Burton's greatest movie, even though yeah. it was first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's amazing, mm-hmm. amazing movie. Um, and then uh, the Martin Short movie Clifford, okay. which I talk about incessantly every uh-huh. single opportunity that I get. If you've never seen it, you have to see it. Okay. Um, Martin Short and Charles Grodin. Martin Short plays a nine-year-old boy who is like the devil um very 90s but just uh, you know charles groden is a very I, I think people respect him and people enjoy him but a master of comedy like yeah. comedic performance he's unbelievable so you put those two together it's amazing and then the first movie kind of outside of that realm that really grabbed me and I would watch, this is not an exaggeration. I would watch two or three times in one sitting was 12 angry men. Okay. You know, the original 12 angry men. Yeah. Um, as soon as that came out on DVD, I would just watch it and watch it and watch it. And it was so fascinating to me. What can be done with literally nothing. And yeah. It is still something that appeals to me. You know, I'm not really into like uh, the appeal of Avatar that most people are. Um, Not that I hate it or I I, I love that people like it. Yeah. Anytime someone loves a movie, I'm like, yeah, great. Movies are great. I love it. I'm so happy for you. Um, But when a movie needs to get my attention using visuals or using music, Mm -hmm. those things are great they're great tools but to me it always just comes back to 12 guys sitting in a room in black and white talking yeah and um it's still kind of what i look for in a movie can you do something with nothing what yeah. you know yeah what can you do with this can you interest me if i can't watch a movie on an old uh black and white tv that that has a screen that's you know 14 inches big yeah i I don't want to watch a movie like i'm sorry like um so yeah so those i would probably say those four yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it's interesting because it's like you do have those first three and they're very much in that same vein even though now i'm going to definitely take you up on that clifford because i have never (sighs) seen uh and i while you You, while, while you were talking i was like okay it's on prime i will watch it
1: you you just have to let your brain go like yeah. just don't just
0: who cares like yeah i'm okay with don't that. think about it <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's yeah it's amazing um but it's funny because you have those three that like you said definitely in that same vein and then 12 angry men which is just monumental like a a, a fantastic piece of cinema Um, And you're right. Like it does so much with so little. How do you make 12 people stuck in one room as compelling as that movie is? Like, I I just, I just think it's, it's exceptional, Uh, truly one of the best. So yeah, I can completely see that that's a movie that would really change everything because it's, it's fantastic. Like just just purely one of the best movies ever.
1: It's one of the only movies that I say is a perfect movie and it's kind of cheating, because it's like okay you know pizza is a perfect food right okay, yeah well, well <laughs> yeah. you know there's much much greater food out mm-hmm. there there's things that take years to master techniques and travel traversing the world to learn the secrets of but sorry pizza is still a perfect food <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. and to me that's like that's what 12 angry men is yeah
0: yeah it's uh for not not to sound as an insulting word, but it's it's a basic concept, but yeah. yet the the ingredients spice it up to make it fantastic, uh, much like a pizza. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. well, I think
1: I think in life that there's two journeys which are infinite. You know, as a as a as humanity, we're trying to push forth out into the universe, right, yeah. off of our planet, which is an infinite journey, which who knows how far we'll get the other journey is the inward journey, which is what are the depths of a person? What are the depths of humanity? That's another thing you will never reach the end of because each person is unique, you know? And so there are the movies like avatar, the movies like interstellar (laughs) that go for the grand, the big, the huge picture, the spectacle. Mm
2: -hmm. And I love
1: those, but there are the movies that I really like. They're the movies that go inward and I'll watch a movie. I, I'll watch. I would so much rather watch a hundred movies that are just about people talking, yeah. in, investigating what makes a person a person. Uh, I recently got into Mike Lee. Um, mm-hmm. He did La Life Is Sweet, Secrets and Lies, Naked, and I love it because not there's nothing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just people talking, right, going about their <laughs> lives, but it's it's of like infinite interest to me because each person is infinitely interesting to me you know
0: yeah oh yeah i i always find it really fascinating i I always find a movie really fascinating when it can can turn the idea of people having a conversation uh for like you know hour and a half two hours and make it where i don't want to look away for yeah. that time period and oh yeah so many are able to like i would i say so many but it, there there aren't like there there are very few uh uh screenwriters and directors that can do that in a way where it's just like i'm fully engaged uh i would say recently uh one movie like that that did it for me was i really liked uh one night in miami from a couple of years ago oh, and it's, sure. it's just the four men in a hotel room and it's, of course it's these four like mega powers of, of American <laughs> history. Right. Um, but it's just fascinating because all they're doing is they're having a conversation. Now the weight of their conversation is heavy. Yeah. But like I'm locked in because I want to see, you know, is this person going to change their stance? Is this person going to be able to persuade them? Like who are these people? And yeah, it if you can get people in a room uh talking, if you can make that just where i don't i'm not distracted right nothing oh. else is gonna steal my attention uh that movie fully has my uh not only my respect but i am wanting to throw uh as much admiration as possible sure
1: <laughs> yeah did I you get it. did you see um mass i did yes 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 that yes. Loved it. that that is another one where i even found myself um i i knew very very little about mm-hmm. the movie going in in its opening as they're getting to the conversation you know they're setting up the chairs i was like just get to it just get to it because <laughs> right. that's what i want like i just want and you know all four of the actors amazing yeah um martha plimpton oh my going God. back going back to goonies <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> i think martha plimpton is incredible i'm um, just amazing very underrated yeah um just a great kind of, you know, journeyman actress and she's so good. She's so good in it. And it's just for people talking, but the subject matter is it's heavy and their reactions to it are not necessarily what you think they'll be that the, I'm not going to say anything about it other than if you're listening, definitely watch it. It's a Mm -hmm. movie for our time. It's a movie for all time. And the ending left me completely surprised. And mm-hmm. when you've seen so many movies, the greatest thing that a movie can do is surprise you. I guess. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. thing, when, when a movie surprises me and I really say, wow. Yeah. Okay. I did not, I did not think of that. Um, and I'm not the kind of guy, you know, I don't sit down to watch a mystery and I'm like, I know who did it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I watched, I watched, uh, Uh, which is really strange but I watched Saw for the first time with my mom Uh, we watched it at home and she's not really into horror movies but we (laughs) just watched it and within the first 10 minutes she guessed the ending the end reveal oh wow Um, which I don't know why I'm trying to not ruin Saw for you for the audience (laughs) but uh, she guessed it and I was like no that can't be it and then when it happened I was like oh my god but yeah, but no, I, and I think that's why, you know, I really gravitate to a lot of movies that people don't enjoy, like B movies or D movies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I got really this year, I got really into um, films by Charles Roxburgh and Matt Farley. They okay. make movies. In their backyard with the same group of people for like 15 years now. Oh wow! Um, Don't let the river be get you is one um, magic spot. Metal detector maniac. Um, a lot of their movies are streaming for free on like you know Tubi, different things like that. But they're just so fresh and strange. They're so <laughs> they're so <laughs> the way that people talk is interesting, and I love them because they're not big budget movies. Sure. They're fun, but they're surprising to me. Every time I watch one, I'm like, "Yep, didn't know it, Didn't know that that was about to happen."
0: Yeah, interesting. I will. Uh, I will add some of those movies uh, to my my watch list because I I have to admit I've never never even heard of them. So that's yeah. Don't totally hate me. Fun. No, if
1: you, I, if you watch I, Clifford and you hate it, don't tell me. Okay, I won't. I won't. I'll just be like, oh, yeah. Let I, me live with. Let me live with the movie. image of you. <laughs> enjoying it in my head yeah yeah
0: yeah i i have no doubt that that one i will i will be on the wavelength of i just feel like uh uh mart i love martin short i love uh uh charles groden so i think and isn't it the uh mary's mary, mary, mary steen version yeah yeah it yeah. was yeah. also amazing great yeah oh awesome awesome yeah i will watch this one yeah uh, david I,
1: coleman oh uh, man uh yes. richard kind what? Very
0: very brief uh, in the
1: beginning, but Richard Kind probably because of Clifford is another person who's just so near and dear to my heart. He he did a great movie last year, within the last couple of years called Augie, oh, where yeah. he plays a middle-aged... Did you see that one? I have not seen that one. I've heard of it, but I have not seen it. He's a middle-aged guy who falls in love. It's very similar to her, okay, um, but different because it's okay. Richard Kind. Yeah. Um, it's not a straight comedy.
0: Very good.
1: Very okay. very subtle, but I love Richard Kind. <laughs> Excellent.
0: I will I will throw that one on my list as well. Oh, I've got I've got some homework to do. Uh have yeah, one... I'm sorry. Oh, that's great. I love that. Change the subject. I, Quick. I, I want to watch all these movies. Um, so I'm gonna ask one more other question before we dive into our featured movie of the week. Uh my my one question is the uh I, I know one of your uh, children is probably too young to really appreciate uh, uh, the movies that you know maybe you are in love with and I don't know the age of the other one but maybe is that something that you're looking forward to down the road is kind of sharing like some of the uh, foundational movies with with your kids is that is that something that you kind of um, are looking forward to with fatherhood is, is getting able being able to share those movies with your your kids
1: yes absolutely so we we have two kids and we had a seven year gap between them oh sure So one yeah. of my kids is like you know really, really young but my other son will be 10 this year okay. and we've basically every year that he's been alive
2: <laughs> we've said
1: okay he's five now he's old enough for never ending story nice. okay he's six now he's old enough for labyrinth and dark crystal okay mm-hmm. and so you know 10 we're now starting where it's like oh man it's it's just getting better and better every year but yeah um yes like showing him uhf i watched that with like my my face behind my hands like
0: please god
1: because you never want to push a kid right to liking what you like it will have the adverse effect yeah yeah (laughs) you never want to be annoying with but um you know showing him uhf and just him laughing and laughing and you know asking to watch it again and bringing it up over time and it's it's really great like i i really think you know obviously movies are art they're similar in books and plays and that they tell a narrative a movie is an invitation to a new world yeah. and so being able to introduce your kids to worlds that you know are awesome and amazing and it's it's a lot of fun it's yeah. definitely a lot of fun you know we haven't gotten we're we're like chomping at the bit to get to things um, you know obviously that we really love that are beyond <laughs> kids movies but yeah. we know you know sometimes I know some parents feel different like they're like oh I showed my kid you know uh, Texas Massacre when they were eight they loved it um, I'm not going that road <laughs> Like I'll, I'll wait a little bit <laughs> yeah and then you know plus one thing and, and this is like you know Similar to your question, but maybe a little different. Uh, you know how many movies are released every year, Oh, right? yeah. So tens of thousands, right? Yeah. And you'll never be able to watch in mm-hmm. one year the amount of movies that come out. No, you'll never be able to watch in one lifetime the amount of movies that come out in one year, right? Yeah. So we're in an interesting place now. It's 2022. We've had well over a 100 years of film history.
2: Mm-hmm. When
1: my youngest son is... 30 40 there's going to be so many movies that you that things like the criterion collection you know things that certain people will look on as like snobby those things are going to be so vital to people's film education because it's just going to be so vast Mm -hmm. it's going to be like going to a restaurant like if you say what do you want to eat you can eat anything on planet earth yeah (laughs) you're not going to know but if you go to a restaurant and say okay Now your options are limited to 30 choices Mm or 10 choices or really upscale places, five choices. And it's going to be really, it's going to be, you know, important for people to have stuff curated for them yeah, um, because you can just, you could watch only '70s movies for the rest of your life, and you'll watch great stuff, but you'll yeah. be missing so many other things, right. like Clifford.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you need to choose '70s movies and Clifford. In That's addition. right. And so I think I
1: think it's important, like what we were talking about earlier, with
0: you know, some people get they, they get so
1: heated when they talk about movies because mm-hmm. movies are personal. You know, you go on this journey, you have this experience, and some comes right next to you and says, no, that movie sucks. People's yeah. emotions get tied into it. And so they lash out, they respond. And there's a real, um, I think in our culture as a whole, and, and it always has been, you can look at other countries, there is a real looking down on, you know, intellectualism mm-hmm. critics. Yeah. But I, I think it's going to be a real necessity moving forward to have people that you trust yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know have people you could i mean i'm so grateful that i can look at you know pauline kale's stuff mm-hmm. i'm so grateful i can look back at roger ebert's stuff and say like all right you know i i kind of trust these people let me see what they think right um so so that's my roundabout way of saying hey good job you know doing a movie show it's yeah. important yeah. well thank you
0: <laughs> <laughs> well the thing about it is is i think that you know kind of along the lines of 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 uh, what you were saying you know there are movies that critics adore uh, certain critics adore and then i just don't connect with and i think the way that i approach that is I respect the movie, I see what it was trying to do, I understand how people can like that movie, but Mm -hmm. for me personally, I didn't have a connection with that. Um, And that could be for various reasons. Like Just just for instance, as of right now, um, I've seen After Sun once, and everyone seems to adore it. And I thought it was fine, uh, but I didn't I didn't love it. And, you know, watching more and more, like, best of, you know, year-end best of lists have it, like, at the top or near the top, I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, what, <laughs> what, what what is not clicking in my brain? And so, you know, a part of it is I put that on me, and I'm like, well, I should probably watch this again, see what I missed. But at the same time, you know, I, I do have to kind of respect the fact that, you know, maybe it wasn't something for me maybe it just right. isn't isn't something that's going to click with me and that's okay as long as i at least still respect the fact that this you know uh respect the craft of this movie uh and i think a lot of uh a lot of online discourse kind of throws that out the window and they're just like no fuck this movie it sucks blah blah blah, yes. blah right. you know
1: right uh, yeah no i think and especially like if you've ever i mean you you studied theater you mm. know You know that it's not the fault of the person doing the lighting Mm -hmm. if the person (laughs) delivering their lines isn't so hot that night. Yeah, yeah. And so, for me, I've I've only helped with two short films that never saw the light of day. Um, But but being there, you you can't express to someone what five a.m. to four a.m. is like straight. (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) you know okay everyone be quiet for the next 30 minutes like okay whatever you can't explain what that's like to someone and i think a lot of times people act when you act out of your emotions you can not that emotions are bad but you Mm -hmm. can push aside you know reason and logic and all those things and so you can't explain to someone look this movie is not garbage this movie doesn't suck Every person who was on this movie (laughs) wasn't asleep at the wheel. You know, uh, calm down. You didn't like it. Say it's not for you. Move on. Right. But I think what's important is you might not like After Son, but if someone were looking for that movie, you now, as a possessor of the knowledge of that movie, Mm -hmm. would you refrain from sharing that with someone because you didn't like it?
0: Oh no. Right. No, I would, I would, <laughs> you know, especially if I knew it was someone like, you know, let's say I, I knew a single father, like I would, I would be like, this is, uh, you should watch this. Like, this is, yeah. this is something that will speak to you in, in some way, or, right. you know, maybe the, the, uh, a, a child who was, who was uh, raised by a single father, you right. know, you would, this would really echo with you. So yeah. it's like you, you, I I know what the movie is. I know what it's about. I know what it's going for. And I know that some people, it will definitely strike a chord with so it's like i want to push them in that direction of seeing that movie because even though i didn't love it there's a good chance that somebody else will uh, right and, and i don't i don't want them to miss that just because i said i didn't like that
1: right and so that's why it's important when we talk about great american movies mm-hmm. to include spike lee in that yes. discussion to not yes. completely blast over people um uh, or different countries when we talk about the greatest movies of all time but you're only talking about three movies from 60 years ago made in america yeah you just and and like that's what i've loved about watching so many movies talking about them is that every movie that i see i don't feel smarter Mm -hmm. i'm 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 to a place where um i can't believe i'm not gonna remember his name but, um, oh, goodness gracious. Feel free to what edit did
0: he, this out. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, did, what did he do? What did he say? What, he,
1: said, he said, the more, you know, I don't know anything. The more I know, I don't know anything. It wasn't, yeah. it was Aristotle or, um, you know, one of the great philosophers. Sure. The one that they killed. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he just said, it's like, I, I know nothing. That's what I know. Yeah. The more you learn, you shouldn't have this, well, Oh, you've never seen Clifford, then you mm-hmm. truly don't understand <laughs> early 90s alt comedy. Right. Like, come on, knock it off. Yeah. You know, oh, you've never seen like Tuki Buki or whatever. Like, okay, great, you have, but it should the knowledge should make us more guides than gatekeepers, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So I, I I agree with you, by the way, about After Sun. I yeah. saw it. I really appreciated mm-hmm. what it was. I can see that it was done well. Yeah. It was acted well. Um, working with a kid. Yeah. Tough. <laughs> right. Right. She does wonderfully. Yeah. Um, you know, they throw in some surreal stuff. It it gels. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel jarring. I, I think it was great. Not for me. Didn't yeah. love it. would yeah. put it I don't think I'd put it in my top twenty or thirty for this yeah. year. Same. Um doesn't mean that I'm gonna
0: say this movie sucks. <laughs> right. No, not at all. No. Uh Seth, uh we're we're still gonna continue our conversation here as we dive into our movie. But let me just say, uh it's been great getting to know you. <laughs> this, hey, it's been this, cool talking to you too. This has just been a ton of fun. Uh let's go ahead and dive into our featured of the movie, a featured movie of the week, and that is Brad Bird's The Iron Giant. A SATCOM radar detected an
1: unidentified object entering Earth's atmosphere. Invaders from Mars. Some assumed it was a large meteor or a downed satellite. This is no meteor,
0: gentlemen. (gasps) This is something much more dangerous. I guess you're not going to hurt me, huh? This is unbelievable. This is the greatest discovery since television or something! Hey, big metal guy! I got food here for ya! My own giant robot, I am now the luckiest kid in America! Banzai! Banzai! Um... So so typically, Seth, the way this show works is that I would have you pick a movie that you're passionate about and we would talk about that movie. Uh you didn't have that liberty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I gave you a list of movies and had you choose uh one, uh, and this was this was the one that you selected, but I do think that means that there's something about this movie that you have a connection with. So uh do you recall your, your first time viewing of the Iron Giant or or why is it that the Iron Giant means something to you? Sure,
1: yeah. Well, I love working with restrictions, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just guiding you in It's there. tough. It's t- I've done a couple of different shows and they're like, pick any movie. And I'm like, any movie? Oh god, there's so <laughs> many. <laughs> um, so Iron Giant uh definitely would have been first watch at home as a kid, VHS. Um, generally when we would rent something or buy something, you know, we would all watch it like after dinner, maybe like during dessert or something like that. Yeah. And so you can picture little Seth like curled up on a couch with a blanket on watching the Iron Giant. Um, Love this movie. Mm-hmm. One of the very few kids movies that I think, surpasses a kids movie. Yeah. Um, I do cut kids movies a little bit of slack where I will say, okay, I really didn't like this, but I'm watching it with two kids who love it. What do I know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> some people don't agree with that. Some people say, no, we should we should hold all movies to the same standard and we shouldn't be showing crap to kids. Mm. Uh, I, I disagree. Sometimes yeah. kids like crap. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Uh, but... I think that the Iron Giant really transcends, you know, kids movie, animation, whatever, to just be a really good story. Um, I definitely cried like a baby the first time I saw
0: it. Yeah. Um
1: I don't know do you do like spoilers in this show? Oh sure. Yeah, okay. I I yeah. you
0: know I I think so I'm I'm having this release on Thursday which will be after its screening here in town. Uh, oh, okay, cool. but you know it's also a 20 plus year old movie. Uh so if you haven't seen the Iron Giant go ahead and stop the episode go watch it then come back uh because yeah we're to in order to talk about this movie we're going to spoil it.
1: Yeah, and so Um, You know, this is the genesis of um, Vin Diesel Mm -hmm. completely hoodwinking Hollywood, uh, getting paid by talking very, very little. He basically did Iron Giant, was like, you know what? That was better than anything else. I'm just (laughs) going to keep doing that. Um, But, you know, the ending, uh, it's... uh, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I watched this yesterday, I think, to prepare. I cried. My son cried. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's still wonderful. And so I don't remember the other movies. I don't remember the other movies that you gave me to pick from. I think it was just like a general question on Twitter. Oh, okay. um, But uh, but yeah, I, I love this movie. I could talk about this movie. And probably what's going to be difficult for me is talking less about this movie and going too deep and philosophical
0: with it yeah yeah and, you know and if that's what you have to do seth i'm I'm willing to take that right sure sure <laughs> um yeah i i adore this movie like i i a few years ago uh 2019 i was gonna try and watch uh, as many of the biggest releases from 1999, again, as a rewatch. Um, oh, cool. And I, and I got a bunch of them watched, but it's it's hard to uh, rewatch all of the great movies that came out that this year. Uh, but of the ones that I watched, I I kind of rested on the decision that even amongst things like Fight Club, Being John Malkovich, Magnolia, this might be the one that I can... Put on all the time and still feel completely uh engaged and connected to um and just like it's like the whole world disappears and it's just me watching that movie um i I don't know if that necessarily necessarily means that it's the best movie of the year but it might be my favorite movie uh from 1999 and that's wow yeah and that's coming from like like i said i listed those other movies but like Ninety nine has so many. Toy Story oh, two, yeah. uh, American Pie, The Three Kings, like the, ma- the Matrix, the Matrix, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> throw Audition in nineteen ninety nine, and some people throw Audition in two thousand. For sake of argument, I'm going to put in two thousand, but uh, just just so I don't have to have uh, Iron Giant go up against Audition, right. uh, But Run Lola Run, Bo Trevaya, like it's just uh, the the list, like goes on forever of the great movies that came out that year but for me like i just there's something about this movie that really gets me and i think part of it is because of that emotional connection that i feel to it um it's this is part of the 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 boy and his do- boy and his dog genre to me it's yeah. like you've got this kid who meets this animal and they become the best of friends and they go on this adventure together and then something happens where the boy and his dog are separated from each other um and you know somebody learns a lesson that will shape them forever um and i i rewatched this again yesterday as well and <laughs> Uh, my girlfriend has never seen this movie and then we you know she she wasn't home for most of it but i watched the last uh 20 minutes of it after she had gotten home and you know we're watching the movie and then the sad thing happens and i'm crying and she's like (laughs) i don't even know what's going on and i'm sad well then the (laughs) the kicker of the movie happens uh where we watch the screw kind of go on its journey and yeah. she's like, wait a second. So that means this, uh, you know. And I just said we're gonna spoil it, but she's like, that means he's still alive. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. She's like, and I, what am I crying for? <laughs> right,
1: right. And and I I will not to jump, yeah, all the way to the end. But right. I will say yeah. that in a close to perfect, amazing, wonderful movie. Yeah, the stainer the tag can reduce Mm -hmm. some of the emotion yeah from what we just went through yeah i will say it's a kids movie right and you cannot have a theater of 300 kids walk out being like i'm gonna jump in the river
0: yeah and what
1: i felt you know obviously it's a movie that's dealing with um, science fiction mm-hmm. wonder a child's imagination Da once that screw leaves and he says you know see you sooner see you later yeah and the camera starts flying right one of the themes from the movie um we're following the path of the screw even though we've left the screw behind we see all the it really elicits a really great sense of wonder yeah um and again as someone who's seen <laughs> too many movies and if a movie can make me feel wonder without being cheap Mm -hmm. i really appreciate that so i i agree i was kind of like ah it's okay it'll be okay yeah um but we don't we don't know you know we don't know how long it takes for the screw to get there. We don't right. know how long it's going to take for him to find Hogarth again. Mm-hmm. It could be 30 years. Like it's not necessarily, Oh, everything's okay. Yeah. It's just, like I said, it's, it's just to express the wonder of the whole thing, the continuation. This is not like a finite end. Yeah. It might be okay. Stop crying kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's... you do kind of feel you do you know it it's a story of oddballs triumphing over set standards of you know society mm-hmm. and so you do get to feel triumphant not just in sacrifice but in continuing on
0: yeah yeah it's uh, it's it's the movie wiping away your tears kind of giving you a pat <laughs> on the back being like hey it's it's going to be okay buddy yeah uh- <laughs> and
1: i and i Thought that I remembered yeah. the final shot of his face. He smiles. This time, I don't think that that happens. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember now. It, it, it might be very, very slight. But I was looking. Yeah. I was like, all right, now he smiles. Yeah. But I don't think that he does. No. Um, and so that's what. But but that's what that ending left me with. Mm-hmm. Was thinking, oh, he smiles. It's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, he doesn't smile. Yeah. We're, everything's oh, good. He
1: tricked me. That's right.
0: <laughs> well what is it what is it about this movie to you uh because i feel like this movie in 1999 this movie was critically well received but had a hard time finding an audience until it made its way to home video yeah. um but now uh 20 something years later like this is a uh, this is a movie that you've you think, like would have been a smash hit at the time with how many people are just in love with and enamored by this movie. What is it to you that that makes this movie kind of stand the test of time to make it where it's like this this ultimate piece of animated cinema? sure, so I think
1: I think it's just a story um like you said, you know, a boy and his dog. I mentioned old Yeller earlier, yeah, yeah. it's very much the same beats of boy and his dog Um, something bad happens dog must go away um, blah 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 Uh, it's a it's an immigration story it's a Frankenstein's monster story Um, it's pretty universal in finding something for yourself that is private that is secret that is hidden that brings you validation and joy but other people aren't ready to see yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like at one point when Hogarth and Giant, I'm just going to call him Giant. Yeah. That's what Hogarth calls him a couple times. times. Yeah. In my mind, it's always the Iron Giant, but for the sake of brevity. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're we're um, close. We'll just call you Giant. <laughs> yeah. So, uh,
1: so Hogarth and Giant are running through and the Giant sees the town. He starts going towards it and Hogarth stops him. He's like, they're not ready to see you yet. You know? Yeah um and i think like you were you were talking about the pet you know the movie starts with hogarth bringing a squirrel into his mom's because he wants something right yeah and hogarth is uh an only child of a single parent she's working we get um you know we get the phone call early on i'm sorry i have to work late there's food in the fridge you I'm not going to cast judgment on this woman and say that this happens all the time, mm-hmm. but we can infer that this isn't the only time this has ever happened. Right. And, you know, Hogarth finds uh, comfort and community in the movies that he watches comic books. Um, even though there's no one else around, he is connecting to these other worlds and these other stories. Right. Yeah. Um, the only other person that he interacts with in the movie, Dean he doesn't even know prior to the events of the movie. When he yeah. goes to Dean later, he says, "I know you. You're Squirrel Boy, right?" <laughs> so, prior to the movie's uh, beginning, we ha- we don't know who he knows. You know who he interacts with besides the bullies at school, his mom, blah blah blah. Yeah. So, when he finds, you know, when he and the giant find each other, the. The size of the giant is proportional to the size of the hole in Hogarth's life, because how can you hide something that big unless you have a space where no one knows you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I said that correctly, but like, yeah, I could not hide in my personal life an iron giant. Hogarth <laughs> is so alone, yeah, that he can. <laughs> Not successfully forever, yeah. but for a time, he can actually hide this giant-sized thing in his life. It's very sad. It's it's really sad. And I think for people like you and I who find comfort in movies, if you showed people who weren't as entrenched in pop culture 20 movies from 1999, they may, they may not pick this one yeah. to be one of their favorites. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I don't know how you grew up, I don't know what your life was like, but if you can relate to Hogarth's loneliness at all, um, I think that that's why this movie is so special, why it's pretty universally loved. I don't know that I've ever heard anyone who was like, this movie really sucks. Yeah. Um, But... uh, but yeah, in that way it's it's just it's really amazing to me and now that I'm raising a kid who's kind of nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> I watched this with my son yesterday yeah. and the scene where Hogarth is uh he's drinking espresso and he's just going crazy and he's talking about how, you know, the kids at school are mean to him because he does the homework and he's not that smart and he had to skip a grade and he's really small and I I looked at my son I was like that's you and he was laughing. He's like, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> me. <laughs> And so, um, you know, as someone who maybe felt like that as a kid, even though I had friends um, and someone who's a parent to someone who feels like that right now, Mm -hmm. that's definitely what I take away from, you know, this movie.
0: Yeah, I, I think I mean, and I think it's it's not even necessarily that you have to be that lonely kid, but I think there's that that feeling of like disconnection. Um, yes. you know, even if you have the friends, there are the moments where your friends go home and you're kind of left with the rest of your world. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I was raised in a very loving family. Like my, my parents were great. My, my younger brother, like we, we, ha- I have two older siblings who were uh my older brother was born like 10 years before I was mm. uh so he was older when I came around and then my younger brother was born uh 4 years after I was so it's like okay. we're we're split in half kids wise um sure. and you know we were all very very close our whole family's close but you know those of us who stuck together very very close so there never was like where i really was physically alone But, you know, it gets to be like 11 o'clock at night and you're, you know, adolescent growing up with uh, your thoughts. Like, it can be isolating. It can be kind of like, uh, why am I thinking about sad things? Why doesn't nobody understand me? And even if that's just that teenage angst and, and that voice in your head, it's still there. Um, and, in you know, even pre even as a kid, you still have some of those thoughts where you worry Absolutely. about different things. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why it, it, it clicks so well is because it's like, even if I'm not physically alone, I have those moments where I just wish I had someone who I could relate with on the level that, that Hogarth, uh, befriends the giant. And even to an extent befriends Dean, because I think yeah. Dean is just as much a, loner um and like an outsider as hogarth is yeah
1: when dean defends the old man in yeah. the beginning of the movie who says i saw the giant right mm-hmm. dean defends says i saw it too yeah they all say okay well that is definitely not true <laughs> <laughs> right so yeah i mean he's very much you know the the giant dean and hogarth form this trio of outsiders which is dean is hogarth on the other side of things you know he's saying to him he expresses to hogarth what hogarth expresses to the giant that he hears as he's flying to his death which is you choose who you are like Mm -hmm. you don't have to don't worry about those people you know they're not you you are who you are don't worry about anybody else and he is hogarth on the other side of it And I think that's also why it's important for nerds like us who have grown up (laughs) to not be jerks to people, to be nice to be when someone, you know, when someone says, Oh, I just watched this movie. It's called the matrix. It's the best movie I've ever Quentin Tarantino is my favorite director. Uh, And you say, Oh, have you ever seen? And then you name a hundred other movies. They say, (laughs) no, but he's my favorite director. You don't say, well, you're an idiot. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you say, that's great. Awesome. That's amazing. Maybe cool. try this movie too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and like, and it's so, it's so, one, the relationship depicted is insanity mm-hmm. because it's back in the 1950s. This yeah. kid's just like hanging out with all these like old guys. <laughs> Even when um, Manly moves in, uh, the mom's like, oh, why don't you take him with you? <laughs> why don't you oh. show them around town i was like that's crazy that would never happen <laughs> now nice. you know obviously we live in a totally different time yeah. um which is fine but the relationship with dean and hogarth i was just like oh it's so important as a kid who is lost who is looking for something to be that thing for that person mm-hmm. and you know encourage them and who they are you know don't just be like you suck everything you like
0: sucks <laughs> yeah 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 i I I will never understand why and again, you know I I it it feels like such a big um uh percentage of social media that does that, but it's really not, but it's just bad bad behavior is magnified uh, oh, yeah on, on social media the loud, the loud. Uh, minority you know yeah. who just hey,
1: I, I can ruin 100 people's day in an hour just going through different profiles saying you suck you suck you're, you're right. da, 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 da. and it's like such something that costs so little mm-hmm. that can do so much damage but what Dean is doing actually costs him greatly mm-hmm. and yet it's so important to just one person and that's the difference when you see someone who's you know uh, more of a shotgun type of person you you don't need to pay attention to them they're they're not doing anything of worth dean is putting everything in his life on the line for this kid for the giant um you know he's getting some cool art out of it but um but i think it's more so like i said it's just this trio of outsiders who have found each other and now they're just they're just doing like the scene where they go to the lake yeah, Dean's just sitting there reading the newspaper. They're just part of his life. Now, yeah, you
0: know? yeah. uh that's such a great, such a great scene too. Oh like, God. it's just so funny. Hey, you're sitting in the middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love that Harry
1: Connick Jr. In this is oh,
0: perfect. Yeah, excellent yeah. casting. I feel like all across the board, like it's it's hard for me to remember. That at this time, Jennifer Aniston was famous. Yeah. Like she was the uh like biggest deal on television. Yeah. And you know, you would have think that you, you would have thought that somebody who was this big of a deal on television would have gone on, and you know, she of course did romantic comedies. I don't really think any of them uh uh made the impression that that this movie has over time. No, uh, but like you know that she did this movie it's a really interesting career choice maybe office space you know i think office space now is looked back upon as this uh cult classic comedy because when it came out again nothing much like the iron giant right barely any waves were made uh until it hit home video um but yeah like jennifer aniston harry connick jr christopher mcdonald who i always yeah like (laughs) just love as uh, uh as manly yeah it's just it's such a fun f- uh, a fun assort- assortment of voices and i think too you can even throw uh jennifer aniston's character in the mix of those you know uh, this this gang of outsiders like yeah. she's a single mom trying to raise a kid who's working all the time there's no talk of her social life that it doesn't never really seems like she's accepted uh right. completely by anyone in this town so it's like all of these Kind of boats sailing in the night that are all going in their own direction and then they're suddenly brought together uh because of this giant uh robot from mm-hmm. another planet. uh yeah, I think it's just it's just wonderful. Uh, how it kind of works that way what what are some of the sequences in this movie that that you really love like what stands out to you as like memorable beyond uh you know if you were to to go a few days and then you think back to this movie what are the first things that kind of jump back to your head
1: sure um i love well the scene with the deer um hmm. is just about as beautiful as animation can get <laughs> mm-hmm. um and then obviously you know the giant is reaching towards the deer if you know deer at all you know that they would run away
2: yeah.
1: um and, and then the deer is shot and hogarth has to go through explaining you know what is dead it's not bad to die yeah. but it is bad to kill mm-hmm. and uh this is the first time that we get an inkling of the giant's programming. Yeah. Um, you know, he sees the gun, his eyes kind of start to turn red, and then he shakes his way out of it. I love that whole thing. That whole thing yeah. is like, wow, I can't believe you put that in a kid's movie. It's so rich with you know, beauty, wonder, and then horrifying. <laughs> Yeah, death. Brad Bird was like, let's just put uh, the end of Bambi in here um, before my horribly sad ending. Let's see how many times we can get these kids. But it's a great sequence and the thing that I really took away from that part in particular but also a lot of Hogarth's explaining, you know, now that I have two kids, right, Mm -hmm. I have one who's 10 and one who's two, I see my older son explaining things to my younger son yeah but he doesn't you know when I explain something to a child right i'm I'm talking to them, I'm trying to speak respectfully, but I'm explaining something to them, but it's going to come through the filter of an adult speaking to a child, yeah when you see a child explain to a child, it's not going through that same filter, and right. so when Hogarth is explaining. <laughs> you know, even earlier when they're talking about a soul, the soul goes on. Um, it's not bad to die, but it is bad to kill. Mm -hmm. Um, All of those things. It's, it's, it stood out so strongly to me as just magnificent writing, because I think that if you didn't, if you didn't have that perspective of watching kids (laughs) explain heavy things to other kids, um, You wouldn't get that and you know the writers they get it they get Mm -hmm. that whole scene so well um it's really wonderful and then also just how they drop the seed in of yes this is you know this creature this giant whatever he is we don't know we know that he's alien yeah but he has this programming inside of him that he can't override and that especially as we get towards the end like It just, it really stood out to me. So that part, um, I love when Hogarth brings him to comic books. Yeah. And, you know, it's real comic books, Mad Magazine, Boy's Life, uh, Superman, and Metallo. And just that Hogarth is like, no, you're not Metallo. You want to be like Superman. You know, he doesn't like hold up this mirror to the giant and say, hey, this looks like you. Hey, you're you. I'll be Superman. You be Metallo. Right. Which would be the obvious thing, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you would say. (laughs) You would be like, wow, cool. Hey, everybody, look, I'm hanging out with Metallo. Yeah. This kid who's so sincere and so earnest and so glad to have a friend, he invites him into saying, you can be the hero. You can be Superman. And I just, you know, I love that. I love that so much.
0: It's, it leads to what I feel really is just one of the greatest movie moments of all time. Yeah. Uh, as, absolutely. As heartbreaking as it is. And I even like, anytime I think about it, I, I start to get misty eyed. Oh yeah. Uh, but absolutely. It's, just, it's just that, that, that act of sacrifice and then just the simple Superman, like uh yeah. man, it's such
1: a as, wonderful as he, moment. It's
0: so painful.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I I hate when people are so down on narration and voiceover in movies. It's like, dude, get out of here. But what what we see, we don't just see the giant's actions Mm -hmm. and his words, but the voiceover of of Hogarth saying, you know, you are who you choose to be. I I don't know if that's exactly what he says, but we also see the inner workings of the giant's mind in that moment. That in that moment, the programming, right? of what he was potentially either sent there to do defensively offensively we don't know yeah and i love that we don't know because it doesn't matter yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) in that moment this baby this you know inanimate thing Mm -hmm. is able to choose he chooses to override his programming and he chooses to sacrifice himself yeah and um yeah, he like he he makes the decision. I'm not Metallo. I am Superman. Other people believed in me, and I'm going to believe it too. I'm gonna I'm gonna be that thing and sacrifice myself. And I think it it really it. I don't like hyperbole. I sure. I think I think that we have to develop a language beyond. Yeah, the best, the right. best movie, yeah. the best actor, <laughs> the best music. Right. There is no best. It's yeah. all relative. It's all art. Yeah, but I agree one. That if you can watch this movie and you get to that part and you do not cry Mm -hmm. and you do not respect (laughs) this cartoon giant's decision and thought process of everything. And one thing that also stuck out to me this time was, you know, obviously he repeats what Hogarth says to him earlier you know, I go, you stay, no following. Yes. And, and at that point, yes. you should probably start crying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but um, but <laughs> if you go on the journey and you you experience this moment, it is one of the most powerful, amazing moments in movie history. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It's amazing. Yep. It does everything that a movie should do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Are you are you a movie watcher like that? I I would say, you know, for watching something the first time, that that instant reaction, are you a kind of person where the movie has the the ability, or any movie in particular, not necessarily this one, but where the movie just finds a way to like take your breath away where you're so overcome by what's going on that you feel that. This is a movie for me that still does that. Like the moment where he dis- we discover that he can fly, and yes. and Hogarth yeah. discovers he can fly. Like yeah. it is just, uh, it it's amazing. Like, yeah. and I I feel my breath like catch. This is just, it's it's one of those movies that like never never I I, I can't stop having an emotional emotional reaction to it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like movies like that where. You can see it once, twice, like multiple times, and you still have that that visceral reaction to it. Somebody's doing something right, uh, and I, yeah. I feel like for me, this is uh, this is a movie that they're just they're firing on all cylinders. Uh, are there any other little pieces of little tidbits about this movie, or thoughts that you have about this movie uh, that you want to make sure you share before we wrap things up here?
1: Um, I mean, it's a huge topic and I I, I don't want to get into it, but yeah. two things that really impressed me. One, as a kid, you always want to watch movies that are just a little bit above what you're supposed to be watching. Yeah. And for them to include like swear words, mm-hmm. um, even the scene where like Hogarth is praying, <laughs> yeah. but not really, <laughs> including some of those things that you don't typically see in kids' movies, I really think elevates this. I think it bumps it up to where the filmmakers are, are communicating to the kids, hey, you can handle this, okay? Yeah. And there's nothing better as a kid than to feel like you're moving up, right? When you're a kid, you want to be an adult. right? And the movies that extend that hand down to the kids and say, all right, we're going to show you some stuff. You're going to hear some stuff. It's not going to be vulgar. It's not going to be... Um, so that, I, I I absolutely love that. Um, and then the, the other thing is, it, it's obviously a nostalgic look back. Uh, we, there's a lot of talk of like, the different pop culture music, da, da, da. but it's not with rose colored glasses because obviously this movie, the probably the biggest interpretation or picture that the movie is giving that we didn't talk about yeah. is of paranoia, the Russian, yeah. you know, Sputnik, they're talking about that. The whole, the whole story is hinging on Mansley, the gears that he's turning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is the engine that is forcing things forward. And it's not out of anything other than fear paranoia and pride later on when the general says okay we're not going to launch this nuke mansley looks at the giant looks around and realizes like oh my god if this doesn't come to the end that i want i'm going to be found out for having done x y and z wrong to get to this end and so he launches it (laughs) he grabs watch and launches himself yeah and um I think that it's wonderful that Brad Bird can give us a nostalgic look at a different time, definitely of his own childhood, his own growing up, yeah. but with the reality of what it was like, you know, right. when, when Manzi's like, Oh, that's not going cover I'm Like that's not going to do anything. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> it, it, you know, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like um, Deadpool and Rick and Morty as much as everyone else, but there's sure. such a cynicism that has, Pervaded a lot of entertainment nowadays, which is just everything sucks. This is stuck. This sucks. This is dumb. Blah blah blah. I'm blah, 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 I'm better than this. I'm I'm above it because I can make a joke about it. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like that with this. It right. just feels real. It feels realistic. And I I love that all of that stuff is included.
0: There's a a, a genuine earnestness in everything about this movie. But yet at the same time, it's not. It, it's not so so earnest that it's hokey you know where it, no. where it feels fake everything yeah. feels like you know it feels like this story could have come out directly from a comic book from yep. that time period even uh, Paranoia it, it, included.
1: even in some of the hand-drawn animation yeah just where you can see some of the scratch lines it's yeah. not all the time but it it gives it a real grounded feel that we don't get so much with computer animation. Yeah. And like you said, it just feels earnest.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, I love this movie so, so much, Uh, so much. And every time I watch it, it's like, I remember exactly why I love this so much. And it's always hard for me to come up with an argument where I can't, where I don't include this in my list of like favorite movies of all time. um, Just because it really, there's something about it that, that sticks with me each time. And I think, you know, it's that emotional response. It's the, the, the strength of the characters. It's just that I feel, I don't know. I feel good in this world, even though it makes me cry uh, yeah. every single time. So, yeah. um, Seth, this has just been an absolute blast. You're, you're not off the hook yet uh what Uh-oh. i like to do for all of my guests is i like to put them through the ringer uh, right. of the fat five uh, all right these are five rapid fire ish questions that are kind of a general gauge of your uh your interest in movies your taste things that you like are you ready for the fat five i'm ready i'll try to be as not long-winded as possible <laughs> all right Question one is the hardest one. This is the one where people usually tell me that they hate me. Uh, but what is question one? Your favorite movie of all time? All right, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I know, I know. If you wanted to pick like a particular genre, I, I'm I'm willing to bend.
1: Like, <laughs> can I can I give you my top four Letterboxd movies? Yeah, do it. That okay. works really quickly. The Passion of Joan of Arc, mm-hmm. Gentleman Broncos, Night of the Hunter, and Duck Soup. It's the closest that nice. can come. Oh and i could give you a thousand more
0: oh duck soup rules i love duck soup (laughs) the marx brothers in general are just uh that's that's my bag uh question two is a two-parter uh the first one who is your favorite actor
1: oh yeah uh i'm gonna say buster keaton
0: oh man (laughs) <laughs> why, why Why are we not closer it's, friends it's not it's not re, it's not
1: really my answer but sure. if i have to say a male performer yeah i'm
0: just gonna say buster keaton okay flip side of that then your favorite actress favorite female performer
1: um i'm i really enjoy michelle williams sure uh just really good in everything that she does um I will say I'm gonna kill myself later. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, I, I, I can't. All right, sure, I'll say Michelle Williams. Yeah, it's it's tough. These are these yeah. are not like easy questions. Nor yeah. will anyone hold you to them if I ever ask them. Nobody uh, ask cares what right. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question three probably should be who is your favorite director i like to ask it a little bit differently is there a director where if they released a movie tomorrow you wouldn't have to see a trailer wouldn't have to know a cast wouldn't have to see know a plot but just by seeing their name attached to it that would get you to the theater
1: agnes barda
0: Ooh. okay okay Yep. yeah awesome great choice i like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah if there's some like uh uh, like lost project uh, that she was working on, yeah. uh, that would be incredible, uh, yeah. or or something that she had, uh, you know, filmed years ago that you know somebody discovered. That would just yeah. be.
1: I mean, there's still stuff of hers I, I haven't yeah. seen all of her yeah. movies,
0: but I just I I
1: so appreciate her sensibilities as mm-hmm. a director. I love her as a person. She's yeah. super funny and weird. Yeah, um, and. Yeah, I mean like I said I could name 10 other ones but yeah go off the my recent my recent answer for favorite director is just Agnes Barter. Watch her stuff.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I I I want to uh, go through her filmography here somewhere down the road just so that I'm more familiar with her. Uh, but because I know her as this just uh delightfully funny uh yes. older lady yes. uh, who, who makes just... horrifying movies. That's what I hear. <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs> just just yeah. like a complete like a, a counter image to the, yeah. the movies that she makes um question number four is there a movie uh yet to come out uh, something coming soon that you are really excited to see or is there something that's already out that you haven't had a chance to see yet that as soon as you have time uh you will you you want to sit down and watch
1: uh so i have covid and i thought about like breaking all laws of morality and (laughs) ethics to go see uh the whale yeah very much want to see the whale aronofsky I think prior to Noah had a perfect filmography really didn't like Noah really didn't like mother. Uh, I am beside myself waiting to see if he does something again that I love because Mm -hmm. I love everything that he did prior to that. So the whale is number one right now. Um, I also haven't had a chance to see bones and all, but I I do really want to see that. Um, and then coming up, I am heavily invested in Barbie. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't care about Oppenheimer. Same. I don't care. Don't I don't care. care who the new James Bond is going to be. Yeah. If there's 20 more avatars, I don't care. I yeah. need to see yep. this Barbie movie. Ryan Gosling is such an underrated comedic actor that it yep. is a crime. It is yep. a crime that he does these like leading man roles. Yep. Uh so great. Margot Robbie, really great. Um, Just saw her in Babylon and Amsterdam, two movies that were incredibly divisive and people are calling flops. She's great. Yeah. Um, Really good. She was the best part of Wolf of Wall Street, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, Even though she's not in it that much. Love her. And love Greta Gerwig. So, Barbie, probably my number one (laughs) Uh, (laughs) most anticipated movie. And then uh, the director that I mentioned earlier, Charles Roxburgh and Matt Farley. They have, um, I think they're working on two movies that are coming out next year um, that I actually uh, gave money to be an executive producer on one of them. So I'm very much waiting to see what they come out with next because uh-huh. their stuff is just, their stuff like gives me life. When I yeah. watch tons of, you know, best of all time movies and weird stuff, mm-hmm. and horror movies, I put on one of their movies and remember why I love movies to, you know, to yeah. start. So
0: oh, awesome, yeah. I, again, I, I'm I'm putting their stuff on my watch list. Uh, so not for I everybody, yeah. That's not that, for that's everybody, okay.
1: but genuinely, I've never seen anyone who has seen their stuff. Who isn't like, oh yeah, this is the good stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yes. The last question, Seth. Uh, the name of this show is Let's Taco About. Uh, when I rate movies, I typically use the taco scale. Of course. So my, my question for you, Seth, is: I would like you—not a question, more of like a direction. Uh, I would like you to craft for me your perfect taco. What? Oh what are my we eating? gosh! Yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, lay it you on. are me. asking
1: the, you got like an hour? Okay. All right, ready? <laughs> yeah. Country <clears throat> country style pork ribs. Okay. In mm-hmm. the oven for like a long time at like 200 degrees. Rub them first with whatever spices you want, but be sure to add something like um uh some something spicy.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, anything spicy. Like yeah. you can use chili powder, you can use whatever. Uh I throw in a lot of smoked paprika too. Anyway, cook those yeah corn tortilla fried Mm -hmm. in oil for Mm -hmm. five seconds to get it soft uh and then a little bit of sour cream a little bit of cilantro some more hot sauce some pickled red onion and that's probably it Mm -hmm. so yeah pork taco so good
0: oh this is like sometimes i feel like this part of the show is what we like to call the hot part of the show that's (laughs) that's just i don't know i'm a food guy like i love my tacos and sometimes when people are describing uh this taco with such like love and precision i'm just like oh yeah
1: well (laughs) if you if you ever make your way out to new york yeah you'll be welcome in my house i'll make you some we can watch the Iron Giant and hold yeah, each yeah. other and cry. That's right. <laughs> that
0: sounds like, I and mean, then, I, don't, I don't need anything else, Seth. And then self-soothe
1: after with tacos.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, th- this has just been an absolute treat for me, Seth. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining me for this conversation. Um, where can people find you and your podcast online uh, if they'd like to hear more from you, read more from you?
1: Sure. So uh, my personal, you can find me on Twitter at uh sethy O H S E T H Y and then you can find us at Movie Friends podcast. Uh we're going to be launching our first episode we just did on The Godfather. Uh January 9th I think is yes. when we're shooting for. We've been nice. doing some cool stuff. We're doing uh Freaks and Geeks recap show which is so near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Uh we're doing a Studio Ghibli com- complete reviews for all those movies. And then we're going to be doing B, C, and D movies. Um, but, you know, not trashing them, just enjoying life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the main show. And, uh, you know, the main thrust is that I've seen a lot of movies in my life. My friend Michelle um, has not. And so I just kind of curate each week based on the month. We do different themed months. Um, and I curate a different show, uh, movie. She watches it. And then we talk about whether or not she thinks it was worth watching if she (laughs) you know feels like her life is complete now that she's watched the godfather
0: yeah so uh (laughs) it's
1: fun it's fun
0: oh awesome uh again seth this has just been an an absolute joy for me and i think uh somewhere down the road when i watch clifford maybe we'll have to get back together so that we can uh uh, talk about that (laughs) you can
1: hit me up anytime uh especially
0: (laughs) to talk about (laughs) clifford uh you've got yourself a deal once again, a huge, huge thank you to Seth Vargas, uh, for doing this episode, for having this conversation. What a, what a cool guy. <laughs> like it's just, it's always nice to kind of meet new people, uh, and then just really enjoy their presence. So again, a huge thank you to Seth for this episode. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, you can follow all things fat dude digs flicks on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, YouTube, TikTok all the social medias just do a search for fat dude digs flicks and you will find me there uh subscribe to this podcast like this podcast rate and review this podcast share this podcast with your friends i am going to keep doing this show uh whether i have two people listening or 200 people listening but man i would sure love to have more ears on this thing and the best way to do that is with your help so please um you know let people know that we're here. Um, if you like the show, if you're just listening this once by clicking the link, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Good Pods, anywhere you get your podcasts. Podcasts. Um, oh, not only. If you subscribe to this show, not only do you get Let's Talk About, but you also get the Criterion break, where I am joined by my two buddies, Blake Ginnethan and Derek Veering, and we dig into the Criterion collection proper and the Criterion channel. I would say we typically do that once a month, uh, sometimes more, kind of depending on what we see, what we feel like, uh, but usually you get a Criterion break once a month. Um, What else? Anything else about the podcast? No, but if you like this, definitely, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave a rating or a review and share this with your friends. If you know a movie person that, you know, would like to hear uh, not only a discussion of movies, but also just like, you know, just get to know another human being, uh, let them know that we're out there. Because again, I like, I like listeners and I like talking to people. If you're listening for the first time and you would like to have a conversation with me, send an email to fatdudedigsflicks at gmail.com. If you want to be on the show, if you want to recommend a movie, if you want to just talk about life, you know, send me an email. Let's, let's do this. I like chatting. So send an email to me. If you are at all interested in sending a donation, you don't have to, but just in case to kind of offset the cost of putting this show together, uh, again, send an email to fatdudedigsflicks at gmail.com. If you are a Facebooker and you live in the South Dakota area, uh, please join the South Dakota Film Community Group on Facebook, even if you're not in South Dakota, but again, just want to talk with like-minded movie lovers. That's a really good place to do that. Uh, So join the conversation there. Uh, Usually some recommendations, usually some conversations about, you know, what we watched. Um, Just kind of a fun place to hang out. Uh, Anything else I need to plug? No. I think that's it. I will say this. So next week on the show and at the State Theater uh, will be Yasuhiro Ozu's uh, Tokyo story. Uh, that is my next selection in the movies you should see series. Um, and yeah, like <laughs> this, uh, uh I, I didn't mean intentionally to choose like two tear jerkers right out, right out of the gates. Uh, but here we are. So, you know, you'll want to bring your tissues yet again. Uh, but I, I love this movie. Really excited to get an Ozu uh, film playing on the big screen at the state. Um, And we'll be back here next week with a Criterion break. And it will be on Thursday. Uh, We will talk about Tokyo Story. And I'll actually have a guest there too. Um, His first name is Matt. And I'm not going to say his last name because I don't want to screw it up right now. Uh, But by the time the show comes around, uh, I I will not screw up his last name. And I will say it... Uh, I'll probably overcompensate (laughs) and say it a bunch, uh, just to prove that I know how to pronounce it. Uh, but Matt R will be here joining the criterion break, uh, to talk about Tokyo story. And I can't wait. I I can't wait. Uh, A beautiful movie that, yeah, I just, I adore. Uh, so we'll see you back here next Thursday, same fat time, same fat channel and let's Talk about movies. Bye. Thank you for listening to Fat Dude Digs Flicks.